Hey tryhards, Ethan here. Before we get into the show today, I want to talk to you guys about Patreon. Patreon is a donation service, a monthly subscription service where you donate money to me to support the show, to support uh, the growth of it, whether that means merchandise or more podcasts or other things of that nature. And I would really appreciate if you guys would be willing and able to give just a little bit of whatever extra money you may have. Because while the show will always be free for everyone to listen, um, the way to make it isn't. And I'm in college, and things are expensive. So I'd appreciate any little amount that you're able to give. So thank you for donating, and thank you even more for listening. Hello, my name is Ethan Hewlin. Like you... I live in a world that never stops moving. Also like you, I have stories. These are my stories. The true stories of a tryhard. Welcome back to True Stories of a Tryhard. I'm Ethan Hewlin and this week, I'm having on someone I've really wanted to have on the show for a while. I kind of stole an idea from her, and I'm very grateful that I did. Uh, she is one of my good friends from the internet and an inspiration. Please welcome Claire Kraske from Forgot to Unpack. Claire, welcome. Hi. Yeah, great to be on. Uh, so listeners, Claire and I are going to be discussing uh, being children of divorce ourselves. That's what we're going to be talking about today. So Claire, tell the listeners a little bit about yourselves. Um, so yeah, I am a child of divorce. My parents got divorced when I was in fourth grade. Um, uh, uh, the divorce was finalized, wasn't until like sixth grade, but it was just like, it defined me for a lot of my school time. And that's just, it led to me to create a podcast all about being a child of divorce. So how did that like impact like how you thought about the world and how you think about who you date and marry if you want to do that? Um, I, I don't know because I realized that it was a very difficult time for both me and my parents. And I've had in-depth conversations with both my parents saying that they wouldn't, they don't regret getting married because then they would have us, but they realized that they jumped into a situation that wasn't the best for them. And I think that has really taught me a lot about when I eventually do um, settle down with someone or get married. I, I'm i not against the idea of divorce. I mean, marriage for because of the idea of divorce, but like I, it'll be a little bit more hesitant to jumping into something like that. The reason I asked that is because that's something that I have thought about a lot. And I'm, I've been very picky about who I've said to reach out to as potential, um, potential partner, because I don't want that situation to happen again. If we get that far, like that's, and I don't, not only that, but I come from three generations of divorce. My 
my grandma's parents, my dad's parents, and my parents. So it's been, um, it's something that I've, that I've really thought about a lot. And I just wanted to see like what you have, have thought about in regards to that. Yeah. Um, I feel like I should give like a little history about my history with divorce because my parents are the only divorced people I know. Um, none of my friends' parents have ever gotten divorced except for maybe one and none of my extended family have gotten divorced. They were all just like, they found their person and they're still married or they just haven't found that person yet. Count yourself lucky because it's, um, and I'm also in that same situation. I kind of feel like, you know, the odd person out because my, all my friends and even my girlfriend, their parents are still together. So like having that, um, like not being able to relate to people in that way and not having gone through those experiences, it's, um, it's a little weird at first to like relate to people on some levels. Yeah, I understand that because like I met my roommate's parents the other day and it was just, I don't know, it felt like a little bit like I was an outsider because all of my friends have like normal, everyone's the cookie cutter family. And I'm just like, well, divorced parents happen. I mean, I, I didn't have any say on the matter. It just sort of happened without me having anything to say about it. Yeah. I know this is true for me, but I wanted to, um, to ask you this as well as did you ever feel at any point like the divorce was somehow your fault? There were days when it was first coming out and it was just like a relatively new topic. And I was just like, it felt like my sort of fault. And like when I would hear them arguing, it feel it felt like if I wasn't here, I don't know how things would be. And I don't know if I blame myself for it, but like I have memories of them fighting and I have and it's just like this intruding thought that it's my fault that they're fighting does that still happen no they're they just um they're completely different lives they they only interact if I have a mutual thing and they have to both be at a event or if my mother needs insurance money no I'm about to get a little deep here. Sometimes I still feel that way. Don't get me wrong. I like uh, some of the things that happened in my life after the divorce happened, mainly my mom being married to my stepdad and all the stuff I've learned from him and um, my half sister being born. Those are all good things. But at the same time, you can't, you can't help but think about, what it would have been like if that didn't happen. Yeah, I some like what would happen if they stayed together. Um, I don't know if either of them would be as happy as they are right now. Um, because since the intervening years, they've both found happiness in their lives and I'm so happy for them, but I don't know. Yeah. That's, um, it's been a, uh, it's been a long, 
long journey and uh, how um, I know right after my parents' divorce was finalized, which was in 2010, um, I w- was put into therapy by my mom because 10 year olds don't have the mental capacity to kind of process that. I mean, heck, even me being 20, I don't think I would be able to process that. So do you have a similar experience? Like, is that, did that happen to you or are you just kind of forced to work through it on your own? Um, I remember the, I remember the fourth, the fourth grade year, um, I had to, I went to the guidance counselor for, I think it was like 30 minutes a day, once a week, maybe. And I would just like, I would talk to my, the elementary school guidance counselor and just like think through like what was happening. It wasn't necessarily like therapy, but it was very, it was very helpful to just be like, to wrap my head around just like separate from my family and how they would see what I was thinking. So that was really helpful. Um, yeah, that was, I think without that, I wouldn't be, I was as okay with it as I am today. The reason I, I bring up my experience with therapy is that it is probably because of therapy that I am doing this right now. And in many ways, this is a form of therapy for me because being able to talk about these things that people don't normally talk about face-to-face or if they do, it's not with somebody they're not well acquainted with. I just think it's a very valuable discussion to have. And that all started with um, with me going to therapy back when I was nine or 10. Yeah, I can see that. Just like being able to talk about things that are seen as a f- taboo, you just don't talk about it. Yeah. But yeah, I can see that. Do you think there needs to be more open discussion about it after it happens? I think the idea of conversation needs to be more open and just being able to talk about things like that, just like without judgment. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think just like we need to get to a situation where conversation about things like that and think how you're feeling is more common and that it's not seen as a um, weakness if all, if, yeah. What do you mean by that? I mean, I didn't talk about what I was thinking because I thought that if I started talking, I would start crying. And if I started crying, I'd just seem weak and like, I wouldn't have like the strength to get through the situation. I realized that I being in a situation with a non being in a situation without where it wasn't my family who was directly impacted by what I was saying, I think that really helped me get my emotions under control. Okay. Do you think you're able to deal with your emotions in more healthy ways than you did at that age? Yeah, I think so. 
it's it's been a good 10 years and I think my coping mechanisms have been a little better. Um, I don't feel like talking about my feelings and talking about my struggle is a weakness anymore. I have definitely been there. And um, not only that, but one of my biggest challenges that I've faced and I'm still facing is um, reaching out to people when I do need help because a lot of times when I do need to do that, I feel like a burden and that's the last thing I want. I completely understand that. I, I keep my troubles to maybe one or two people because if I feel like if more than my mom and maybe a few other people know, it just seems like I'm burdening them with my problems and I know that's, not the case, but yeah, but this is something I've said before. I don't know if I've said it here, but in my opinion, there's a difference between knowing and believing like you can know that someone loves you, but unless you, you feel it and you believe that, or you can know that someone is willing to listen to you and listen to like the stuff that's going on with you. And they, they'll tell you that you're not a burden, but until you believe it, it doesn't really do any good. So Claire, how has, um, how has the uh, divorce impacted you uh, mentally both at uh, the time and like it's lasting impacts? Mentally. Um, I think at the time I felt like at the time I feel like my mental state was probably at its most unstable. If um, I, at the time I think it was when I felt the least bit secure and certain about what things were happening in the world. And that made my mental state a little bit more iffy and not as secure. Um, now, I don't know, it, um, my mental state is pretty much the best as it's ever been currently, but I think with the divorce, it did hinder that a little bit. Tell me if this holds true for you. I hold the day that my parents told me that they were getting divorced as a standard for how low I can go. And whenever something bad happens, I compare it to that. Like this is the lowest my self-esteem and mental stability can possibly be. Um, I think that pretty much holds true. I, I remember literally every detail of that night and I, and I just was not, it was not a good mental state for me. And I think it's, yeah. If you don't mind, what are some experiences that have come close? Um, yeah, I don't mind. Um, the one that comes to mind is I was in middle school. Um, I was a. I was a. I wasn't exactly the happiest kid. I. I. 
ate my feelings a lot and I was just not in a good physical shape. I think it, my grandparents were down because it was volleyball season and it was just a random Tuesday night. I remember I went to my room and I just, I started crying because I hated my body and I hated myself and I hated everything about my life at the time. What happened after that? Did you, did anything change? And then um, I think my mother heard me crying. The door was shut and she just, she sat outside the door realizing I needed to be alone, but she didn't want me to be totally alone in that moment of vulnerability. Once I got the good cry out, I opened the door and just hugged her and it felt more okay. Yeah. I understand the power of a good cry. It's, uh, it's not always fun, but sometimes it is necessary. And that listeners, if you don't take anything else away from this is that it's okay to cry. And something that I think really needs to be addressed is the fact that me and many other um, men around, well, the United States and maybe the world have been raised to think boys don't cry. That's just BS. It is okay to cry. It is okay to tell people how you feel. And it is okay to be honest with yourself and others. There's no use denying it. Sorry, I had to get on my soapbox. Oh, you're fine. I agree. I had a good cry out a few weeks ago. I was just like, I needed to cry out all of the changes that life has brought me in college. And I just, I went in my car and just cried for 15 minutes and it was great. Yeah, I had a good cry. Um, was it last week? Yeah, it was last Tuesday. Um, and something you you would never think just just brought me to tears because of all the stuff that I've been that's been happening around me. Both me moving out like on my own. I have my own place now, and that's new. I've only been here for about a month, and. I was listening to Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah, the original version of that song. And I was sitting in this very chair and I just decided to just let it all go because I don't know about you, but I am an overthinker. I think about a lot of things and I think about them a lot. And with everything that the world has thrown at us this year, I really take that to heart. So the good, that good cry was, it was really relieving for me. So what would you say some good things um, are that have come from your parents separating? Um, good things. Um, I think without it, I don't think my brother would be in a, have an actual relationship besides just like, living in the same house. Um, I, me and my brother have never had a good relationship. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I remember my grandma told me once that 
Brett didn't want a sister. When he learned that you were coming, he didn't want a sister. He wanted to be an only child. And I think I, that was held over my head, both by him and by me for a long time. But I think with the divorce, we were sort of, we had a common ground that we could talk about anything, really. Um, we would talk about how we didn't like dad's new apartment and how it was so small. Or we would talk about how dad would take us to a movie and just to spend time with us. And yeah, it's just little things that I think without that, we wouldn't talk to each other at all. It's kind of the opposite for me, actually. So um, Claire, I think you know this. Um, two of my sisters are adopted and I kind of wanted to be an older brother and well I was four when they when Andrea came home but I just wanted a, a little a, a little sibling that I could you know play with and you know I've always, I've always loved small children even when I was a small child so like having them around was was really fun and then when that happened you know we just grew increasingly closer and we're we're still relatively close today even though they're 500 miles from me but that um that was another good thing and i definitely agree that like um the the bond between me and my sisters was was strengthened pretty well from uh from that so claire we are approaching um, wrap-up time do you have any encouraging words for listeners out there whose parents might be going through divorce or maybe going through divorce themselves or um just yeah let's leave it at that um let's see encouraging words um uh i live by the idea that today's problem will be solved by tomorrow if you put in the work to solve it. So just like if you're going through something and it feels like tomorrow will never come or it feels like this is insurmountable and I can't fix a situation, if you put in the work to figure out what's wrong and figure out how do I fix it right now, it'll eventually get better. Thank you, Claire. Is there anything you'd like to plug? Um, go listen to my podcast, Forgot to Unpack, where I talk about being a child of divorce every week. And where can people find that? Claire? Um, the, it can be found on both Twitter and Instagram at funpackpod. And yeah. Uh, where can people find you? Um, so yeah, I am on Twitter and Instagram at Claire Kraske, but Kraske is not spelled like it sounds. Um, the f- Yeah. This was for clarification that her Kraske is spelled K-R-A-J-E-W-S-K-I. Mm-hmm. Her name will be in the description of this episode, and so are her social handles, so don't worry about that. In the meantime, thank you for 
tuning in this week to True Stories of a Tryhard. You can find me on Instagram at ethan.t.hewlin. You can find me on Twitter at etphonehome. The O's are zeros and the E's are threes. You can find the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at True Stories Pod. The best way to get the word out about podcasts is via word of mouth and social media. So please, please, please share this with your friends, share it on your social media, and if you post it in some way and tag me, you will get featured on the official podcast accounts. And please feel free to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I would very much appreciate it. I'll be back with more stories next week. So until then, this is Ethan Hewlin and Claire Kraske signing off.